0: Welcome to the South MIMS podcast. In this episode, we're going to examine the subject of modern architecture and the increasing trend which sees places, buildings, spaces, especially in cities, become, well, samey. Now, you've probably experienced it as you enter British towns. They all look the same. The same shops... The same kinds of office buildings, the same kinds of housing. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? And, strangely, can this lack of uniqueness of place actually be exploited by an institution like our university? With me in the studio to talk about the subject, I have Professor... Um. No, not Um... O. I was just looking for the rest of your name. There's just the letter O here. That's my name. I thought perhaps you're Japanese, as in O? I am not Japanese. I was born in Milton Keynes. So, your name is... Just an O, yes. Is that your first name? Yes. Well, what's your surname? O. So,
1: double O? No. One O. First and last. Now and forever. That's a little confusing, isn't it? It's the perfect circle of being and space. Oh, space is always a circle. I didn't mean it literally.
0: So, okay, Professor O. No,
1: no, just, just call me O. Only O. You can only call me O. Okay, and you're an architect. And a professor of architecture, yes. A practicing architect. Aren't we always practicing? Sorry? We practise, as in we work. And while we work, we practise. And you teach, too. Naturally, South you pays me to teach, but that, too, is practise. I see you like elliptical statements. Elliptical by name and elliptical by nature. But I thought an ellipsis was uh, um, an oval. It is. What of it? Nothing. Let's not
0: get bogged down by definitions. Definitions are what define us. Er, yeah. So, uh... Oh, you build things? I do. OK, so...
1: I'm also trying to push the boundaries of space within buildings and without them.
0: You mean the outside, as in public No, no,
1: space. I mean without the sense of place. What do you mean by that? A sense of place is so, well, so last century, don't you think? I don't know what you mean. New York, Tokyo, London, Paris, South Mims. Does it matter where we are anymore? Well, it does, because that's where we are, where we live and work. But increasingly, we don't live and work anywhere but in our homes, digitally, in a cybernetic no-man's land. But we have to do it in a
0: house, which is in a place, which has shops and restaurants and so on. But does it matter where you are? OK, so, if you work from home a lot, Then perhaps not in terms of your work, but it does in terms of everything else
1: in your life. But the place, the place, it might as well look like anywhere else.
0: I don't know where this is leading, Professor O. Uh, Sorry, O. It's
1: heading precisely nowhere. No. Which is where most of us are, and most of us spend our working hours. Nowhere. In a non-place A non-place? A place that looks like every other place, and so becomes no place at all. A non-place. I'm lost. You can't be lost if you're nowhere, (laughs) my little born Moe.
0: You'd better elucidate. Elliptically or
1: tangentially. What? Let me be straight, then. Anthropologist Mark Auger named places which had become homogeneous non-places. A British high street looks like any other British high street, as you mentioned. The same collection of shops and building styles. So, you could actually forget where you are. You're in a non-place. I see. Not so long ago, I awoke in a hotel room and opened the curtains and could not remember where I was. The cityscape below me, as well as the hotel room in which I stood, looked the same as many other cities and hotel rooms I had visited recently. You travel a lot then, do you? I travel a great deal, and yet I feel as if I hardly ever go anywhere. Is that another elliptical statement? Oh, you really are obsessed with the ellipsis, aren't you? Sorry, no, I'm not, actually. What I'm trying to tell you is that most places look like other places. That's not just a modern development. If you lived in medieval Italy, then most villages and towns looked like other medieval Italian villages and towns. The specific vernacular style would not change for centuries. It matched the needs of a population which hardly ever travelled, let alone moved country, until, that is, mass migration began. And then they discovered that the rest of the world looked very different. Indeed, but now you can migrate all you want, and the world increasingly looks the same. It's a collection of non-places. Which makes it an entirely non-place.
0: That's not true. There are many places which are unique.
1: Name one. Um,
0: Big Ben in London... Uh, Taj Mahal.
1: I could go What You get the point. I get the point. But those, my dear fellow, are residual facades. Residual facades? Iconic buildings which prove the rule. They are fronts for homogeneity. You've lost me again. Take the Indian restaurant down the road which mimics the Taj Mahal. And does it to get you to crave a Balti? Its exterior is like just about all the other Indian restaurants you've ever been to, but the famous facade uses the power of the cliche to get you to spend your money. No, uh, I think I understand your reasoning. Here, take a look at these pictures of famous cities. Can you here? Yeah, there they are. Can you identify them? Ah, uh, now this is. Ooh. There are five cities. Singapore, Shanghai, Chicago, Sydney and Abu Dhabi. Really? Well, that's Abu Dhabi. No, it's Singapore. This is Sydney. No,
0: Chicago. But I can't see landmarks like the Sydney Opera House or the Hancock Tower. Well, that's deliberate. The majority of a city is away from
1: the iconic facades.
0: I see. OK, so they all look the same. I still don't see how this can inform a new kind of no, no, no. architecture.
1: Persevere, persevere. Here, what about this city? Uh, Sydney. Correct. But it, it looks like... London, Oslo, New York, Los Angeles, Milton Keynes. Not Milton Keynes. Well, oh, what does Milton Keynes look like? Nothing. Nowhere. Now that is a non-place. A perfect summary of my latest book... Lost in nowhere, the pleasures of living in a place that is not a place. Well, how is that a pleasure? Because you can project your own desires on the place itself. I
0: don't understand. Now you
1: are being obtuse. Strange for a podcast host. Well, this is a strange podcast. Indeed. The approach of our new architectural school... Based here at South Limbs Yes, indeed. It it is based here, but it is also everywhere. Okay. Our philosophy of non-place design is to bring the place you desire to life in any place you want to build or create that place. Yet again... I'm lost. In a world which is globalised, where it's uncertain whether the traditional office will survive, where the domestic space is now also a workspace, a cultural hub and even a retail centre... Retail centre? Cultural hub? Amazon, Zoom... Netflix, Disney Plus. Ah, I see what you mean. You can escape the tyranny of traditional places and be anywhere you want to be. How? By adding a new facade. A facade? That's what our movement is called. The Reverse Facadists. Reverse Facadists.
0: That sounds um, a little suspect, if you ask me. We're often
1: called fascists of space. Space fascists? No, no, the the other way around. Though space fascists might make a good Amazon Prime series. I'll just make a note of that. Sorry. Lost again. In 1948, the White House in Washington DC was totally rebuilt. Was it? It was. Behind the famous façade. Okay, so that was to modernise the old building, right? In that case, yes. But it's now very common for historic buildings in old cities like London and even New York, which is an old city now, to have the majority of their structures torn down while the developer retains the historic facade to maintain the character of the street or square. Makes sense. But in essence, that deceives the public and even the people who use the building. They still believe that they work or live in an historic Building, They don't. They actually live in something akin to a film set. Which adds to your sense of a non-place. Yes. Even though the façade is unique, the place itself is just like that hotel room in a forgotten city I spoke about before. This is all now known as façadism. It is, as the former secretary of the Georgian Group, a charity in London which fights to preserve historic buildings, put it, and I quote... Facadism, as seen in London and elsewhere, is a marriage of developer-led greed and poor architectural resolution. Well, see, strong words. What's the reverse of that? Our approach is simple. It's explicitly based on developer-led greed. Oh, is it? We see nothing wrong with greed. We reject the sentimental worship of place and old buildings, and don't see anything unique in any form of traditional architecture. That sounds a bit brutal. Are you a brutalist? Only if someone pays us to be one. Lost again. We need to leave the comfort of this studio and go on a short journey. Where to? South Mimsbridge. Where? South Mimsbridge. It's our new academic experience for people who want to study amidst the dreaming spires and ivy-covered walls of a leading university.
0: But we don't have any dreaming spires. Or Ivy. There's a lot of bindweed outside this building, but that's about it. All will be revealed by being concealed. You like to talk in riddles. Come on.
1: I thought this was the new sewage works. It is, partly. It's also the new business school, which we're claiming is a direct rival to Harvard. It's a wild claim, isn't it? No, no. It will look like Harvard. Look like Harvard. It won't smell like Harvard. Though after the frat boys get done on a Friday night, you might get some of the same, um, sensible links. I really don't
0: understand what you're doing here. What's reverse facadism got to do with this place? You see
1: that crane over there? There are three cranes. You see those three cranes over there? What are they doing? They are about to lift the answer to your question into place. Okay. Just
0: I speeded that up a bit, but dear listener, I can tell you exactly what reverse facadism is. It's when you knock down the boring façade and replace it with one that looks like somewhere else. Describe it. Well, we could be in uh, Oxford or Cambridge, or even, as Professor O mentioned, Harvard. If this is a non-place,
1: then it might as well be the place you want it to be.
0: So, is this a ruse to give students the feeling that they've been to a much more prestigious university?
1: It is that in a nutshell and it means that you can charge them fees commensurate with that experience
0: ah that's where the greed comes in indeed it's horrifying but brilliant two of my favorite words
1: i won't miss that old sewage works it was called a water treatment plant it didn't smell like one now the business school newly sponsored by our local billionaire Owen Brisbane, the third, Such a wise and intelligent benefactor. Indeed, yes, we must stress that.
0: We are contractually obliged to. Of course.
1: Now, when we get to graduation, the student selfies will look stunning and give the impression that these no-hopers from all around the world have studied at a fine global university which oozes tradition and breeding.
0: Even though it just uh, oozes... And breeds some very unpleasant things. Well, people will overlook that
1: as they gain a degree, which is bound to advance their careers and ambitions. I suppose. And you're forgetting one important thing. What's that? In these days of distance learning, accelerated by the pandemic, most of our students won't be actually studying here, but online. So they will only visit this place when they graduate. So it's all about the selfies and the graduation picture, right? That's the only reason you'd actually go to Oxford or Cambridge or Harvard or Yale.
0: But they offer world-class tuition. Well,
1: mm, perhaps, but for an exorbitant price.
0: Excuse me? Excuse me? Oh, I think we have an eager student approaching.
1: Yes, most probably the very first South Bridge selfie, no
2: doubt. Excuse me, are you associated with this project? Actually, we're making the
0: South Mims U
1: podcast.
2: Just what is going on here? A madam. I'm not a madam. Please do not call me a madam. My dear lady. And neither am I your dear lady. What is happening here is barbarism. Cultural barbarism.
1: You clearly are upset.
2: Upset? I'm more than upset. What have you done to the sewage works? I mean,
0: it's still there, behind the new facade. It's actually the first example of a new wave of architectural practice. And this is Professor O, its most
1: renowned proponent. I'm glad to meet you. You're both vandals. This is a new asset to the University of South Mims and the local community.
2: You've ruined everything. That sewage works was a prime example of 1970s brutalism and was about to be listed so that it could be protected for posterity.
0: Sorry, I didn't realise that it was any way of significant.
2: My father designed it. Oh, you're? I am, Evangelina, Knott daughter of Sir Percival, Sowerby Knott, one of the greatest architects of his generation. And you, sir, with your pretentious odes and the jejeune theorising, have wrecked a national treasure. Uh, there uh, it was a sewage works. And you, sir, are an idiot. I've listened to your podcasts, inconsequential ramblings by obscure academics.
1: Mrs. Knott. Mrs. Miss. Miss Knott, you can't halt progress, just as your brutalist father helped usher in a new age, so we, the reverse facadists, are remaking the very concept of place. You really
2: are full of shit. Oh, ah! oh. There's
0: no need for violence.
2: There is every need for violence. Give me that microphone. Oh, no, 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 leave it alone. This is, this is outrageous. Southmins is a real place. It's the place I call home. You can't take that away from me or or any of us. Stop that! If you're listening to this and you want to reclaim your place in the world, resist the facadists and the reverse facadists and all the other architectural fascists and fight for the places closest to your heart. Oh, time to go. Bye! Bye!